Hi there, guys, and welcome to the Chronicles of Gamers. This is a podcast where we love to explain our love-hate relationship with video games. And I am, of course, your host with the most evocationer, Aiden. No rap for me. I'm just gonna let the music play. You see, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Anyways, welcome to episode 126 of the Chronicles of Gamers podcast. I am, of course, your host, Lee Fokushner, and I am here to officially say, holy crap! I actually forgot to upload this episode. So I actually had a previous topic, but then I looked back and I thought about it, and I was just like, you know what? I said, screw it. And my apologies. I'm very sorry about that. So technically, this should be 127, but because I thought 126 was up without double checking, I forgot. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> my bad. Where's the button? So, yeah. Cliff Notes on episode, uh, I guess this is what? This is technically 126, but I guess I'll call the episode that I had made before and I kind of threw away. I'll call that 125 2.8 HD Final Remix Arcade Edition Version 2021. You know, if you, if you get my references. <laughs> I pretty much just talk about how it was this huge discourse that gamers were talking about the difficulty once again because of Returnal. And then they brought me to the idea of we just continued to talk about the same current shit. And then I really started to get in on people and just made like, what's the big fucking deal with the whole difficulty thing? I get it. And, you know, even the topic that I have today, it's still the same kind of recurring gurgitation but i feel like when are we going to sit down and have a serious discussion and i i know that not everyone is going to be on the same page with this thing but look people buy games for a particular reason people play games for a particular reason some play them to relax some play them to eventually compete some play them to stream and monetize it Some just play games because that's their identity. There's really no wrong way about it. It's just how you complain about it. Not everyone is the same, and we are reaching this consensus. Although this is something that should have been obvious from day one, but it's getting to that point now where I think companies need to stop trying to make the one-all be-all for video games, and they do need to go back to the way games were back in the 90s, in early 2000s, hell, 80s, 90s, and hell, yeah, no, 80s, 90s, and early 2000s, where you had the one big game, and then you had a bunch of smaller games for particular types of people. But I digress. We're going to go into the news and discussion. This is pretty much what I kind of talked about in 125.5 HD remix version, you know, 125.5. Final Remix HD Arcade Edition, Ultra Arcade Edition, version 2021. You know what I'm saying? Excuse me, excuse me. (laughs) As I'm throwing shade at the super long name. But yes, so let's go into it. Breaking news! 
Brian Altano, and I will switch over right here for my video people. Brian Altano decided to make this tweet after Ubisoft said, hey, they're moving away from releasing three to four AAA games a year and changing their strategy to focus on more high-end free-to-play titles. Then Brian Altano replied to this tweet that was made by Shinobu602. I don't know if it's official or not, but they get it from like some video games chronicles.com. But Brian Altano pretty much replies after that. Hot take, and he says this, hot take. I wish more video game studios would make 8 to 12 hour long games that were worth replaying multiple times rather than stuff like Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Valhalla. And that takes 60 plus hours to beat and practically no one finishes. That I have to agree with this hot take, man. You know, I wish there were more games that were just 8 to 12 that had high replay availability. And of course, this also ties in with the load and behold game of, oh, I don't know if we all forgot about it, but I mean, I don't think anyone has because I had a difficult time fucking buying a copy for PlayStation 4. Resident Evil Village, you get what I'm saying? By the way, shout outs to me managing to find the last fucking copy in the city of Chicago without having to go into the fucking suburbs and without having to resort to GameStop. You vile villain. So yes, <laughs> this kind of ties into the subject. I when I first saw that, I was like, you know what, round of applause. You know, I'm gonna hit the round of applause button again. Cause I was like, you know what? I do wish there were more eight to twelve hour games that I could just play and then have that high replay availability. Hell, that's one of the reasons why I loved Resident Evil 3 remake. That's one of the reasons why I'm gonna play Resident Evil 2 remake on my day <laughs> when i when i get my day i kind of still have the backlog even though i've been slowly playing games around that time and i've been prioritizing more games that are not 60 plus or 30 plus hours unless i'm really invested in it which is one of the reasons why i'm not playing spider-man like i, I play it but then i stop because it's just like okay this is kind of like stupid and i gotta do it. anyways <laughs> i don't want to get into it for you spider-man people same thing with borderlands i think this is a great thing i, I think there should be more games like that because i think there are fun experiences like that hell i always keep mentioning near I keep mentioning fucking Drakengard. I keep mentioning Yoko Tano. Like, I keep mentioning this motherfucker because he does great games that give you a reason to go back and play it. Capcom does the same thing with the Resident Evil games as of lately. I would just say I kind of agree with this post. Unfortunately, though, there are some people that do not agree, and they kind of see the short hours as a monetary value so it got to the point where most gamers were saying hey i'm not really agreeing with this because i don't feel like paying 70 dollars for an 8 to 10 hour or 8 to 12 hour game of course let me switch over again so like here for example you got andre renee saying that okay so here andre renee responding responding to matt uh pisca <laughs> Basically saying people love doing the hours per dollar math, unfortunately, because, you know, most gamers say if I'm going to spend this much money, my game should at least have X amount of hours of playability. Now, of course, I just want to say this, and I, I don't think gamers really understand that logic where 
there's nothing wrong with having a 60 plus hour game. It's just stupid as hell to have a motherfucking 60 plus hour game where you're kind of doing the same kind of grog and, and grind and bullshit that doesn't really lead to that much of a satisfaction. You get what I'm saying? Like, there there are missions that it just feels like, yo, you don't really get the overpowered status or the special weapons or armor or something like that. It just kind of seems like yeah, you're doing it just to do it, you, you know? I, I hate games like that. So, of course, Matt kind of made that tweet, and Andre Renee kind of responded like this. The irony that critical gamers demand long games to justify value, but then they never finish the game. And I know for a fact... There are some gamers that do demand this. I actually have a friend of a friend that agrees with this. They 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 they'll buy a game based off of how much content there is in it. Luckily, this person actually does manage to finish it, but on their particular time. And but it's it's just interesting that most gamers do equate that. Instead of just saying, like, hey, I really enjoy the game. I really like the game. I think this is a justifiable case of me buying it day one, week one, month one. Instead of, or if I don't feel like it's really worth buying at this particular time, but I do want to play, I could just wait and buy it. <laughs> I got another person who kind of responds off of the Andre Rene tweet. So here we go. We got this person named Rivette. And they pretty much say, wow, no thanks. Price goes up, time goes down. That's like, <laughs> you, you, you hear what that person put? Wow, no thanks. Price goes up, time goes down. My gosh. Yo. Audrey Nae was right, man. She's not wrong. That's like saying, please give me lust for my money. Plenty of quality games out there that are long before someone comes at me with quality versus quantity argument. <laughs> and of course, this the, the person responds to them. This is a person named Nuff said. And then Nuff said pretty much says, no, it's please give me less bloated. Give me more focused games. Only games that warrant those hours are grind games like RPGs, which RPGs are true because you're basically leveling yourself up. So, of course, like there, there's that weird explanation, you know, between RPGs and, of course, MMOs, which, that, you know, Nuff said mentions. But I'll continue reading. Uh and then he said, it, it's easy to, to mess up. Also, let's pay devs their fair share when the workload increases with each new generation. Now, of course, I'm not going to get into that argument because I do believe that the developers who agree to work at these companies are going to understand that the workload is going to increase. And if the workload increases, I will believe that they're going to ask for a more pay increase if not then i would highly recommend that you get the fuck out of that company and they're not going to pay you for your time and your value ladies and gentlemen but i will agree with that rbgs is in that weird little area where you're pretty much leveling up yourself because you already have like you already have the abilities within you you're just trying to access them by kicking more ass <laughs> outside of doing a main mission and then there's also side missions and stuff like that. Now, there are some RPGs where the grind is kind of booty butt cheeks or the grind is kind of like, oh, come on, man. Like, seriously, like to me, Persona's grinds are just kind of like, you know, what? I like I get it, but I'm not really too happy about it because I played Persona 4. I have not played Persona 5, but I played Persona 4 in the PS2. And the grind was just like, you know what, uh, it kind of hurt it. Even when I played Kingdom Hearts, and goodness forbid, I love me some Kingdom Hearts now. I love me some Kingdom Hearts. 
But I will always say that Kingdom Hearts 1 had the craziest of fucking grinds. Like, you had to grind early. And I mean early. Like, as soon as you start the first world, you better be prepared to get ultimate weapon. And you got to plan your time ahead. Because late game, it becomes a real difficult chore to grind that shit out. And that's even on the final remix versions of the game. And I'm including PS3 and PS4. Like, it's, it's still possible. But a lot of the shit that you need, you can get pretty early in game in that Kingdom Hearts game. But but you don't really know that until you're like, hey, I think I'm going to get the ultimate weapon. And then it becomes that much of a chore. And then you're just like, fuck. You get what I'm saying? It's like, damn. What? I know. <laughs> so it's, it's like a catch-22 on that, like, with with RPGs. Like, there's some RPGs I don't mind. Like, Final Fantasy X, I didn't mind the grind. Final Fantasy twelve, I didn't mind the grind because the grind wasn't that difficult. Ten wasn't that difficult-ish. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Thirteen, the grind was a little bit of annoying, but the grind for the weapons versus the levels was the problem. If you were trying to do like the hundred percent getting platinum and everything. And here's another good one. So Chris S goes back into the Andre Renee thing. Chris has pretty much says $70 for a 10 hour triple A game. is a hard sell. I'm pretty much avoiding $70 games that launch this gen and waiting for sales. Unless it's something I absolutely want to play. Ladies and gentlemen, it's like, I just said this. I know gamer composers said this. I've got other people that said this. I think Tedditor said this. I think the 10, I said this. Everyone's saying this. We're, we're all saying this vote with your wallet people. But he also says, like, like Resident Evil Village, I got it for $48, which means it feels a lot better than 60 for a 10-hour game. Now, you see what I mean? It's what you believe that you, it's what you believe that you think the game is worth. But this person named Nicola uh, also replied off of Chris S's tweet. Nicola says, but the thing is more, oh, I'm sorry. But the thing is, more is not always better, which is true. There are so many games that are 60 plus hours long and are full of filler stories just to make the game longer. That's why more than half of the players never finish extra long games. I myself am included. There are also <laughs> long games, though, like The Witcher 3. And this one's a little bit down here. Where Nicola replies. There are also long games, though, like Witcher 3. Uh, but in all honesty, those are really rare. For me, the perfect length for an RPG type game is 30 to 40 hours. Now, I definitely agree with that. Kingdom Hearts 3 kind of fit that criteria. I was really happy about that. Let's see, I think I got one more. So, Suffer, I Animator, and uh, Gino uh, Salah. So, I'll read what Suffer put. Suffer said, No thanks. I easily put 140 uh, hours and would do it again. It's not worth buying if a game is too short. No one is forcing you to play games or to beat them in a timely manner. There's literally no rush. And then Janelle or Janelle pretty much says, and eh, super long games tend to be overly repetitive, padded, and with the story stretched too thin, a game built on a simple but enjoyable gameplay loop and concisive narratives are usually much more enjoyable. Of course, Suffer never flies after that. 
I mean, yeah, this whole thing is subjective, really. I tend to be bored with simple and short gameplay loops, unless it's a puzzle game where it's the only thing like that in a narrative and a big, long game comes down to the writers more than anything. Witcher 3, for example. Yo, Witcher 3, really? You should get some love. Maybe I should really play that game. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's I mean, I haven't played it because I know it's, like, pretty long. And then uh, Janelle kind of responds right after Suffer says, I can see your point, unfortunately. Uh, unfortunate that I will never play The Witcher 3. I just haven't played long open world games yet that I got <laughs> genuinely invested into storytelling and then eventually get bored of gameplay-wise. And I feel like that's the thing, too. Like, you have to really have some interesting gameplay in order for you to keep people's, you know, attention. So, once again, of course, at the end of the day, <laughs> there's there's a simple and easy answer an easy thing that you can do, and that's just not fucking buy the game if you don't think it's worth the value. Like, if this is a super long game, but you're just like, ah, I don't think, or if it's a super short game, you're like, I don't think it's worth buying at day one. You can just wait for it to go on sale. I mean, yes, Village was literally $50 or $48 on, at Walmart, and then it was like close to 50 on Amazon. But unfortunately, I knew I wanted Village, so I bought it day one. So I spent like $67. So it wasn't too bad of a price for me. I'm going to play Village. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to stream it on twitch.tv slash Chronicles of Gamers. Highly recommend you come through and watch it. But yes, at the end of the day, I think there are people that like to play short games because... We just don't really have the time to be sitting there and grinding for some bullshit for 60 hours. Like, that's kind of like, get the, come on, man. What the fuck are you doing out here? So I, I would just like to say if there are any developers listening, and I know we're going to be more adamant on this, especially with this current console generation. Companies keep saying that they're just confused. They don't know what to make. They don't know what gamers want, blah, blah, blah. I think you should just go back to what you were doing before. Just look, focus on your one big free-to-play whatever bullshit and just let small, let a few of your developers just work on little fan-made titles and put those out for 20 to $30. And if they become successful, then you could focus on them. Like, go back to what you guys were doing before, especially during the PS2 and the Xbox era. That was a golden era. I missed it where, where everyone was just throwing shit at the wall some people were copying off each other, but like there was just a shit ton of abundance of games, and the ones that sucked just died out, and the ones that were great, you just kept the kept uplifting. Like I, I always keep telling people, what well, what was the game? Devil May Cry. Devil May Cry wasn't a popular game at day one. Like Devil May Cry one, what? Yo, <laughs> that was niche as fuck. Devil May Cry was niche, like one and especially two. <laughs> Two was like, oh my gosh, man, you came close to losing your goddamn audience with that one. And then three just brought everyone back and then brought a whole shit ton of new people because of the nostalgia. I mean, not the nostalgia, but because of the fan support of one and two. Like, goodness gracious. And now look at it. We're on Resident Evil, not Resident Evil, but Devil May Cry 5 and shit. You got fucking Dante dancing over here. I mean, damn, just. I don't know. I'm not in the fucking boardroom. Y'all, y'all fuckers will figure it out. Shit assholes breaking news all right man one one last thing before i wrap this up so ign posted that sega is okay with 
fans making Sonic the Hedgehog games, as long as they don't make a profit. And they got this from Katie Mini Kitty, who is, ladies and gentlemen, let me click over here so you guys can see. This is the social media and influencer manager for Sonic the Hedgehog, of course. She actually has a very interesting and kind of funny, you know, Twitter. Anyways, though, <laughs> enough geeking out on that. But she pretty much puts, hey, Sonic fans, I appreciate you all reaching out with concerns over fan games and monetization. So long as no profit is involved. Here, let me click on it for you video people. So long as no profit is involved, there is usually no issue with y'all using our big, uh, you know, blue boy to hone your art and dev skills. For legal reasons, <laughs> I cannot promise all content is okay. So, like, maybe porn or whatever. But, you know, porn porn is porn. Do you get what I'm saying? <laughs> so, yes. And then she replies after that, we can handle... Uh, outlier case by case as we noticed them, but our goal isn't to stifle everything. Please do not use this thread to call out any specific groups or people. We're all learning here, and I appreciate how receptive everyone I've spoken to has been. And yes, bam. So IGN kind of reported that. And I think what's funny is this person right here, Mike versus the world. He's definitely facing the world right now. And Mike versus the world said, so the same thing as Nintendo. Got it. And then I was just like, what? Nintendo, wait, excuse me? Nintendo lets you make fan-made games? And literally right after that, this person named Y, and I shit you not Y, just came out of nowhere. Like, why Why you do them like that? He said, is this a bait? Nintendo will take down your game and money does not have to be involved. And then Mike literally prized after that. Not bait. There's always money involved. Fan games built from the ground up exist and are left alone. Distri <laughs> distributing on sites that are ad supported is making money and Sega would issue takedowns. And that's technically not what they're saying. Pretty much a lot of people go in on Mike. <laughs> For, for just this outlandish tweet saying that Nintendo isn't that bad and Nintendo will let you do the same thing. I'm going to be honest with y'all. I've never seen so many diehard Nintendo fans. And they and they came in this damn tweet. And they were tweeting hard <laughs> trying to say, oh, Nintendo lets you do the same thing. And I was just like, bro, where are you guys been at? Like, yo, damn Nintendo fans. Like, yo, I look, I've literally seen it. Nite yo, Nintendo, 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 Nintendo fans, calm the fuck down. Just accept it. Your company is trash. They don't want you making anything. You know what I'm saying? Like, even the Smash community should hate Nintendo. I, I, shit. <laughs> fuck. You guys couldn't even have your own little tournament. Uh, yo, motherfuckers made a, 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 an emulator. To play a Smash game online with GGPO connection and Nintendo say, get the fuck out of here, bro. Play our shitty Ultimate. <laughs> online Ultimate. We'll, we'll give you Sephiroth so you can calm the fuck down. They're going to probably give us Sora soon. Just to tell all y'all to shut the fuck up and give us money. Psh, my gosh. But hey, man, I think that's great. If you are a, an up and coming developer and you're also a Sonic fan, I would highly recommend making some Sonic games. If they do really well, they can get the attention. You might be able to get a job at Sega. You know what I'm saying? Round of applause for Sega letting you do that. Go ahead and make your fan made games with the big blue hedgehog. 
You know, if you're a developer, if you're an artist, hell, if you're even a composer, I'm, I'm pretty sure they'll let you even work on the music, too. I think this would be a great opportunity for you to do what you do. And then you post that shit online. And then you'd be like, Sega, what do you think? And then Sega might be like, oh, shit, this is amazing. Why don't you come down here? Maybe we'll give you a little opportunity to improve the Sonic the Hedgehog franchise. I mean, I'm just saying, man. You, the Anything could happen with Sonic, goodness forbid. If the Sonic movie can do it, the, the Sonic movie did great. <laughs> so, you know, they're trying to keep the success rolling. So, you might be the one that saves uh, Sega. And maybe we might get a Sega console eventually. So, yeah, I just wanted to mention that. And I just wanted to say to the Sega fans, congratulations. Good shit. Sega all day. I know people don't want to talk about the console wars, but I'm still in the bitch. Everyone's picked a side. I got a side. I'm Sega. Sega all day. Sega. But I will say this. Nintendo. Ah, you Nintendo fans. Ah, y'all can't have shit. That's why y'all fucking lost Mario, bro. All right. I'm out of here before I keep making fun of y'all and y'all start crying. Anyways, it's that time of the show where we got to say goodbye but before we go before we do you already know what time it is it's time for shameless plugins so yes the chronicles of gamers we are in youtube we're on soundcloud we're on itunes we're on stitcher we are on the interwebs if you just type in the chronicles of gamers at google we are there we are on facebook the chronicles of gamers if you're watching the video here's the youtube here's the facebook Here's my Instagram. I'll start approving more people. I appreciate y'all. And then, of course, you got the tweet tweet where you get all the information and news for when I start, to, uh, you know, the Twitch. And, of course, we're also on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Chronicles of Gamers. Check us out. I mostly stream Dead by Daylight. I'm going to be streaming some Resident Evil Village. I think you should check it out. I'm going to be the king of all horror games, motherfucker. You see what I'm saying? I'm going to be the king of all horror games. So just check me out and enjoy the show. I appreciate you fucking gamers. You guys are the best. Thank you so much. Anyways, thank you for tuning in. Thank you guys for watching. I'm out of here. And of course, power to the gamers. And stay lit.